You're listening to the newest member of the 210 Podcast Network, the It's a Guy Thing Podcast. Join Mike, Rick, and Mario as we discuss the things we love in life, the things we hate, and all the stuff in between. Welcome to episode three of It's a Guy Thing Podcast. My name is Rick. I'm Michael. And I'm Mario. And today we're going to be talking about your favorite movie soundtracks, things men do in the bathroom, and San Antonio's music and sports scene. That said, let's get it on. Okay, our first topic tonight is favorite movie soundtracks, or rather your favorite movie soundtracks. Um, Now we're talking about soundtracks that can be scores or original music compilations or whatever. It could be for your favorite movie, a movie you hate that happens mm-hmm. to have a great soundtrack. The possibilities are obviously endless. So, Or like Mike's current soundtrack. <laughs> yes, the soundtrack of your life. So anyways, I thought uh, I'd talk, bring that up, talk to you guys about that a little bit, and give you mine first, I guess, since it's my topic. Um, I think the one for me that absolutely sticks out, uh, without a doubt, is the Crow soundtrack oh, has yes. to be absolutely uh, almost inarguably the oh yeah the best collection of of uh, movie music that, that's come out. Now, are we just talking the first Crow? Just or? the first one. We'll go with just the first. One. I'm using the first Crow soundtrack. Well, are we just gonna are we gonna limit this? Like there's more than one Crow. Yeah, but they all suck. <laughs> but see, that's the thing Yikes. is that the first Crow. No, I'm just kidding. The first Crow was a great movie and a great soundtrack. The second Crow. Third Crow, Fourth Crow, whatever, all of those, it was just decent soundtracks. And I think yeah. the Second Crow was pretty yeah, yeah. good soundtrack, really I good I mean, soundtrack. that's what I'm saying. We can talk about great soundtracks that have horrible movies that happen to you know accompany yeah. them. Uh, in this particular instance, I'm speaking specifically about the First Crow soundtrack, yes. only because I do happen to love that movie. Uh, I actually, I never saw any of the sequels yeah. completely by choice. I've never seen them either. Really? Um, none of them? None of them. Wow. All right. So, but... Uh, going back to that first one, I mean, I think it's it's one of those like it felt like a lightning in the bottle type of situation because yeah. it was it felt like a once in a lifetime thing, which I guess it was. I mean, because that movie came out what was it ninety three or ninety four? Yeah. Like freshman. I remember I, so. I remember going to see that with um, you know probably five or six guys we went to high school with, and we were all really excited. Not even because we were big huge fans of the Crow comic book, uh, but really because of the soundtrack. It was really because of the soundtrack. I think yeah. it probably came out before the movie. And, of course, you know, it had um, Stone Temple Pilots on it, yes. Nine Inch Nails, Henry Rollins, Cure. Uh, The Cure. Helm- Helmet? Helmets. I mean, it had pretty much, it, it with the exception of maybe having Nirvana and Pearl Jam on there, it was pretty much, uh, you know, a, a microcosm of, of 90s music that was, you know, really, really awesome. Yeah, my and, Life with the Thrill Kill Cult. Yeah, exactly. So there was some great stuff. I mean, even like the, was it like the Jane Seberry song, the Can't Rain All the Time? Yes. That yeah. song was amazing. I really enjoyed you know? that one. And I, I guess it kind of doubling down on that, part of the reason why that soundtrack was so awesome for me was, one, it was just a standalone. Like, to this day, mm-hmm. you can just listen to it, and it's great. Oh, yeah. There's almost not, you know, there's not really a track that you skip. Uh, another one that's yeah. awesome is that uh, For Love Not Lisa song, that Slip Side Melting. That's like mm. their one song. Like I even found their album one time, and it wasn't even very good. <laughs> but that song was incredible. Yeah. Still is to this day. I still listen to it. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, it was like it was. There was not a miss on that 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 soundtrack. And the big upside of that was they actually played, if not all, most of the songs in the movie. Yeah, that's which what is, I loved about it. Which nowadays, obviously, is something that you just don't ever see. I mean. 
I mean, what, what were your memories? I mean, I know you saw it back then. Of course, you were a big fan, too. So right. what did you guys yeah. think about well, that? Well, like, like you said, you can listen to the whole soundtrack the whole, the whole way through. And the thing that I love about that is as I'm, watch, as I'm listening to the soundtrack, I see those moments in the film where I'm like, oh, I remember exactly when this kicks on. Or, like, it can't rain all the time. I remember those pieces of the, in the film. And I love that it paints that entire picture that the soundtrack and the film have this overall dark quality, and they're perfect with each other. That's what I love about it. I think they match so perfectly. Yeah, it's a funny thing because the thing you're talking about is the opposite for me where I hear those songs completely independent of the movie. Like, I have to really rewatch the film to put the pieces back together of where those songs fit because oh, really? they're so prominent yeah. in the movie. Yeah, but I hear Dead Souls and I hear oh, that man. song completely by itself. I hear Burn and I hear yeah. that song completely by itself. And I, yeah. I have to remember where they're at by watching the film. And But like Rick was saying, you know, Back in the in the high school days, of course, because it did come out in '94, and that was mm. the height of you know Nine Nails Downward Spiral. Oh, so yeah. of course, that's just a monstrously influential band on all of us from our our generation for you know um, people in our our age bracket. So when we started seeing them show up on soundtracks, you know, yeah. it, it just was was, yeah, it's just one of those monster movements that sort of galvanized us into not only just seeing the movie but purchasing the soundtrack and I kind of always gauged how much I love a movie soundtrack by did I go out and actually buy that CD mm-hmm. and yeah. you know you were, yeah. we were talking about this earlier and I was thinking to myself how many CD soundtracks do I own from the 90s where I went out of my way to buy them and well see and that's the thing is that I think this was like the first movie that the, the movie makers actually paid attention to what was going on in the scene in, in music at the time they're like you know what these bands are hot Let's let's throw them all on here. Some of these bands nobody's yeah. ever heard of. Let's throw them on there. It was somebody that had great musical taste that yeah. did that, and and it fit the aesthetic. I mean, you see nowadays in a lot of movies where they try to like kind of shoehorn songs into movies for the sake of trying to push them or trying to make money or trying mm-hmm. to catch on to a, a little genre thing. But I mean, even even that soundtrack. I mean, you did. You had industrial music and you had pop music, and it, it, you know it it was all in the same world. I guess you could yeah. say. You know, wouldn't be. Uh, completely foreign if those people were touring together, for example, but it fit the mood of the film. I mean, it was kind of it was dark, it was wet, it was kind of it felt kind of gothy. You yeah. know, it was emo before there was emo, and of course, you know, you had the whole like kind of shadow of of Brandon Lee, you know, mm. obviously passing away during the movie. And it and it, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that don't like the movie for other reasons. Yeah. But for, you know, for me, and I would say probably for us, you know, we we hold that movie pretty close because it was kind of at that. It came to us at that moment when we were all probably a lot of us starting to really get into music and really finding our own, trying to find our own identity with music. And obviously, some of the themes and the, um, you know, the lyrics of those songs really tied into yeah. the stuff that we were going through as kids at that time. You know, feeling kind of the beginnings of rebellion or disaffection or whatever else. And um, I think it just it just felt like you know a, a moment that you know they never really got captured again yeah um i mean another thing real quick you know and you could probably expand on this more is like also at that same time i mean you had when you had dead souls on there and you had burn on there and you had big empty mm-hmm. those songs no one had we had never heard yet i yeah. mean dead souls obviously well, was a cover, cover but nine inch nails version that's the first time any of us had ever heard it, it wasn't until later on on the you know, i i honestly didn't know it was a cover like it took me a long time to find that out because just some bands before that I wasn't exposed to and so I had to one day when I heard it randomly I was like oh it's a cover like I I don't even think I knew then because none of us ever talked about it so stuff like that was kind of neat just kind of like a little surprise easter egg like oh there's an actual original version to this song and Mm -hmm. the thing I think 
<clears throat> is so great about these kind of soundtracks is I don't think you can really find a great soundtrack today by our standards. I think you can find great score mm, to certain yeah. movies now where the score is the standout. Yeah. The appreciation of the music in certain films as a score is phenomenal for today. But if I look at a soundtrack specifically and like um, like you were saying about trying to you know, cram a really, like you were saying, Mario, a hot band down the film's throat, it just doesn't work. Or, or mm, the worst, yeah. the I think the biggest, oh, of, yeah. well, the biggest, <laughs> the, of, the, the biggest offense I started seeing right when the century was turning was where you started seeing one or two songs in the soundtrack and then 15 other songs that had nothing to do with the film, yeah. nothing to do with being in the movie. Not that it was required they'd be in there, but there should be some reference to it or, or something where now it's just, you know, let's package all these, like you were saying, the hot bands of today. Unfortunately, the hot bands of today don't have a lot of substance, yeah. so well, that, that, that hurts speaks, it. I think that speaks more to what's going on in music now. I mean, <clears throat> there's really nothing that interesting going on in music by new people that we haven't heard of, technically. It's all people that we're already familiar with or that other people are familiar with and have been familiar with. At that time, it was just, like Rick, like you guys have both said, lightning in a bottle, you know, trying to recapture that. So what would be your favorite then, Mike? Or one of your... Well, it's funny, and I'm not trying to stay on the, the Nine Inch Nails thing, but the first soundtrack that went through my mind that just, I'm thinking of like repeat, replay value, mm -hmm. and the Lost Highway soundtrack yeah, blew, me, blew oh, me away. Yeah. Yeah, you one. know, uh, that's got one of the best Smashing Pumpkins songs I've ever heard in my life. Absolutely. It's got one of the uh, better Marilyn Manson songs on it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, David Bowie and uh, Lou Reed being on there, and of course, you know... You Rammstein. Know, <laughs> it was... It was the very first time ever I remember that uh, you saw Trent Reznor credited as Trent Reznor, not as Nine Inch Nails. And I always thought to myself, well, what's the difference if he's always the main guy anyway? What's the difference in him being solo versus a, a band? So there was all these little mystique things that you're looking at. Because that soundtrack came out in 97, mm -hmm. which put us um, right in the last year of high school. And, of course, we did go yeah, Yeah, we did go see it together. We did go see it. And what a crazy film. Uh, I still can't make sense yeah, of it. We stood you out know? in the parking lot afterwards, trying to like talk about it yeah. for like an hour and a half, trying to like, what did it mean? Exactly, and <laughs> and and that made it that made it a lot more fun, you know. Um, but that soundtrack is just a complete. It's a complete work of industrial badassness, really. Yeah. I mean, just all the bands put on there, you know. And again, that music showed up in the film in various little places, where uh, that was one of the first times too where I saw them insert the uh, parts of the movie like the actual dialogue into the soundtrack oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was, that was kind of cool stuff. yeah so and they um, were sneaky about putting the stuff in the movie I mean like they played Perfect Drug and it's doing that car the car chase scene right and it's I mean it's almost part of the foley almost I mean you don't it's not overpowering it's not really the soundtrack to the scene it's just kind of there in the background and uh, right yeah it was it was interesting I mean obviously it went along with the aesthetic of the movie how they how they used uh uh, the score and the, the original music. That Smashing Pumpkin song is called I, and if you guys have never heard it, yeah, you yeah. absolutely should awesome. hear that specific song beyond... I mean, I love all the bands on that, but that is the standout track for me, is hearing, yeah. hearing Pumpkin's song on there. Um, Manson doing I Put a Spell on You, pretty pretty mm. amazing. So, And even the Ramstein song is... Yeah. Not, <laughs> what's the other one that's really good? Is it a, is it a Lou Reed song that's on there? He's got this magic moment. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that one. But there's actually, I'm thinking of the one. It's that. Uh, what song is it? They 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 uh, sampled that spooky song. I forgot who did it. It's not. Oh yeah, it's a uh, Screamy Jay Hawkins. 
No, no, no. It's not that one. That's I put a spell on you. Oh, okay, yeah. But anyways, it's all great. You're right. I right. mean, it's it's Angelo Badalamenti. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he's got oh, like yeah. six or seven tracks on there. It's even got a little saxophone in there. Yeah, you know, on the Trent Reznor song. On right? the Trent Reznor song, the Driver Down or yeah. one of those. Yeah. So that's another soundtrack. If any of you listening have never heard either of those, those are absolute must-haves in any collection. Without yes. seeing the films, that's that's what's amazing about them. Yeah. How about you, Mario? You know, it's it's funny because we were talking about how parts of the movie, Mike, you were mentioning parts of the movie being in the soundtrack. Um, I've only seen this movie once or twice, but the Natural Born Killer soundtrack oh, to me, yeah. Uh, yeah. especially with the Nine Another Inch Nails track. Yeah, yeah. three Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, that goes... Hope Trent's enjoying the plugs. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll just put his name all over this podcast so that way people will pay attention <laughs> to it. They can yeah. see us. You said my name. <laughs> but like, that was the first time that I had ever heard Patti Smith, you know, and and granted, the song itself was just... That's a great song, it's, It is. It can't is. say the name, but it's no, a great song. Yeah, I mean, like, it's easily offensive, and it's a great song, and I love it, and, but here you go again. I love the Marilyn Manson version of it as well. That so is good. You, you throw that in put a spell on you. You've got Marilyn Manson there, too. Um, if Manson had been around back in the Crow time period do you think that he would have made it on there probably Probably. i think absolutely i mean he had some yeah pretty good i mean that's the kind of soundtrack that like his uh eurythmics cover would have definitely made it on there that's true i mean that's a and it shows a testament a lot of these songs i mean like that's a good example like the manson song you know the sweet dreams are made is i mean to this day i mean that that cover is pretty old now i mean it's from when we're in high school and you still hear it. It's on TV shows and mm-hmm. movies and all kinds of stuff. And, yeah. I mean, it's a testament to, obviously, the original writers, you know, like Annie Lennox or whatever. And it's a testament to people that can, you know, interpret those songs in, in new and interesting ways. But, obviously, like, you know, the people, that, the artistic people that make, you know, movies or TV shows and stuff and being able to kind of see the power and the lastingness of some of those songs and, mm-hmm. you know, cleverly augment their own stuff with it. So... Definitely. So, uh, aside from those topics, let's just quickly throw out some like other honorable mentions. Yeah. I, I have to go, yeah. like saying to me the first movie that actually paid any attention to soundtrack, and this is gonna like not really be Greece. a lot. Of, no. Grease. Grease two. No, no. Like, <laughs> well, and I don't, now I don't know which one came first. The Big <clears throat> Chill. To me, the Big Chill for that time period, for the movie, for the film, for the characters, that was a perfect soundtrack for them. Uh, that's one of my honorable mentions. Also, Top Gun. Hey, I was gonna, I was yeah, going to say my, now yeah. all of the guys in my class could tell you that I owned the Top Gun CD. <laughs> yeah. And when we went on a retreat, I think for for something, I actually took my boombox and we set up a five on five volleyball game, and I actually put on the Top Gun soundtrack. Nice. And yeah. everyone knew that you know I was the guy that had that ridiculous soundtrack. But honestly, the Kenny Loggins song, the oh, uh, yeah. the Berlin uh, song, yeah. you yes. know, at that time those songs sense. were, were yeah, it's those were amazing great and great music. Man. The the first soundtrack I ever bought was actually on cassette which was the back to the future it was really just the score but it also like had Huey some of yeah it had <laughs> Huey oh, Lewis yeah, nice. it had the Earth Angel <laughs> and even back then I remember having like a musical ear where I was like hey that Earth Angel on um, the soundtrack is not the one from the movie it's not the one being sung in oh, there really yeah I could actually tell there wasn't the same yeah. one and I thought to myself oh I feel kind of gypped like I want the exact <laughs> song that yeah. was saying in the movie version. but from yeah from the uh, from the band playing but that score, I think it's Alan Silvestri, I think, Probably. I want to say, Probably, uh, yeah. was was pretty pretty amazing. And then, of course, you know, you hear the theme song for, like, Terminator, and mm-hmm. that's unmistakable mm. score, oh, yeah. unmistakable score work. So those... Well, I'm surprised you wouldn't, as far as scores go, I'm surprised you wouldn't mention Star Wars. 
Um, w- would I, that be the? I don't. I wouldn't say it's like a favorite, just John because Williams it's just so be... saturated. Honestly, like oh, it's not yeah. that it's not good. I mean, you hear the the Empire's song, and it's just used so much. And you hear the classic theme song. I think soundtracks like that belong in the context of the movie. I can't listen okay. to that stuff outside of it. I don't I know agree. if you. I don't know if you guys could. I could. No, no. I couldn't listen to the Star Wars music because I can. There's jaw score. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like mowing the lawn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> dun dun. Dun, yeah, dun, dun, I, I mean, dun, dun, dun. I couldn't put that stuff in my car and and listen to it. Yeah. So, but definitely, I'm I'm with you on the, on the Top Gun tip. Definitely, that that's actually the first tape I ever owned uh, when I was like, it's a cool to, looking cassette with Tom Cruise yeah. and Kelly McGinnis on this, the little. This kid cover. gave it to me like in uh, second grade. Yeah, I don't remember why, but he gave me his copy of it. He's like, hey, check nice. this out, man. You might dig it. And that's <laughs> it's like literally the only tape I had, and I would just listen to it over and over again, where I knew all the words to the songs and the whole bit. Um, probably another song. runner up for me would probably be. Um, um, I just went blank. Um, Lost Boys soundtrack. Oh, of oh, course. Well, opening that, opening song. You just yes. like that guy with the sax. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Timmy Capello. But no, that's another one too. I mean, and it was awesome. You know, very much synced in with the times. I yeah. mean, it wasn't like they were creating a genre or creating, you know, a vibe. It's like it's music that fit the time period yeah. that it was in. I mean, you had like you know Lou Graham and um, Echo and the Bunnymen, and mm-hmm. you know people that were popular at the time. You know, the equivalent yeah. of you know the crow soundtrack you know 10 years later yeah. and that's something that always sticks out to me and whether it was the same thing i had a, a tape of that that i would listen to non-stop and i could always listen to it separate from the movie but of course anytime i watch that movie probably a good chunk of the reason i watch it is because of those moments i mean especially you know when they're on the beach and they're having like the motorcycle race you know and it's like the the main like lost boys theme song right. playing like you know uh, lost in the shadows mm-hmm. and i'll mm-hmm. never yeah. get tired of that like i would love to make a movie someday buy the rights to lost boys just to rip off that scene you know Absolutely. and, and, and kind of recreate that you know yeah but uh yeah there, there's a ton of stuff i, mean, I could easily throw eddie and the cruisers in there easily throw streets of fire I do have a soft spot for the Grease Two soundtrack. Uh, so Grease I remember Two, really? Oh, it's better than the first movie. I remember I uh, the soundtrack uh, is better than no, the movie and the soundtrack <laughs> are better than. I've Grease. never Wait, seen you, you the like, second one. I like uh, what's her Michelle uh, Pfeiffer better oh, than yes. Olivia Newton-John. So I'll, I'll go on a s- s- tiny uh, tangent here. Okay, I'll tell tiny you this. Tangent. Grease Two is better than Grease One, for me as a guy. The same way that Some Kind of Wonderful is better than Pretty in Pink. The reason is Some Kind of Wonderful is the guy version of Pretty in Pink. All right. It's exactly the same story except it's flips so of the guy's the main, the main, the main character. Mm-hmm. Grease 1 and Grease 2 are exactly the same. You're just flipping the, ju- the gender. That's so true. as a kid growing up, Grease 2 I was able to relate to better. I was able to relate to Michael because right. he was the odd man out. Because he's the guy that's trying to get the girl. You know what I mean? Right. Go back and watch them, and your your opinion will change. I'd like to hear what other people think, but for real. All right then. So okay, worst soundtracks. Is, like, is it even worth mentioning? Is Go it... Ninja! Go Ninja! What? <laughs> Mortal, <laughs> Mortal the... Kombat. Okay, yes. Mortal definitely. Kombat. Oh, like, no, I remember. I want to hear him defend Ninja Turtles too. Oh no! Wait, that was the second one. Yes. Oh, well, never mind. Oh, no, screw that. That then. was the Vanilla Ice one. You got excited no, 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 no. for a second because <clears throat> oh, it brought me back to that time period. But no, the first Ninja the first Turtle soundtrack was good. was good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So basically, I mean, 
A lot of the theme here is that some of the best soundtracks that we can think of. I mean, we're, and there's plenty of good stuff now. I mean, I easily did think of like the Friday Night Lights soundtrack with explosions yeah. in the sky, right? Or Social Network and you know Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. But mm-hmm. so much. I mean, you think about the '80s and the '90s and how much music was, un, you know, inseparable, inseparable part of movies. Right. They were tied together. You know, like you think of all the John Hughes movies, how. Some of those songs you can't hear without thinking of the Breakfast movie. Club. Yeah, Breakfast yeah. Club. You know, and Sixteen Candles. So it's it's I think it's awesome. I I I, would, I realize now John it's a uh, yeah yeah. I just watched that the other day. Finally, I mean again, Same I've seen it before. Thing. Yeah, but uh, Weird Science too. It's another one. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But I mean, and, and we realize now, you know, it's an economic thing where you know movie studios realized, okay, you could mm-hmm. pay one composer a hundred grand to do an entire score, or you could pay. 10 artists $50,000 each for their songs and of course it just became a money issue which sucks because I think you know you know, we saw a couple years ago or 96 or whatever it was you know when Moby's play ago. came out right and oh, yeah. and you know and he was he was kind of the guy that pioneered this licensing thing because play had kind of been floating around and it really never took off it wasn't until he started licensing it to like car commercials and movies and TV shows, you know, mm-hmm. like three of the songs are in any given Sunday. Right. And suddenly, oh, like, wow. that whole industry took off. I mean, you look at like shows like Grey's Anatomy, you know, where half that oh, show yeah. success comes from pumping in Snow Patrol and all these great bands that people have never heard, would have never heard or otherwise. Some pretty decent covers, I got to say. Yeah. Too. But that's the thing is like I think he was definitely a pioneer of that, and I'd like to see that come back. You know, actually yeah. going back to having soundtracks to movies that actually have original music. You know, like I don't know. I know it's tough. Maybe, maybe those days are long gone. But it's yeah. possible, and I think that's too. You know, it brings up that question of score versus soundtrack. You know, because is is it fair to pit? You know, like the crow has its own score yeah. that's separate mm-hmm. from the soundtrack. And I remember always thinking, like, every now and then Sometimes as a kid, you yeah, you buy, you go and buy, you think yeah. you're buying the soundtrack to hear this really cool song, and it's just instrumental score the whole way through. Except the last song is actually like. Nine Inch Nails. Well, not always. I mean, and, sometimes and you, you get sometimes nothing. Sometimes they rip you off, and it'd be like part two and part one, where you get yes. like score and then two songs, uh, and you yes. gotta buy like the extra album to get the rest of the yes, songs. Yes, that was always a lot of fun. <laughs> I think like um, as amazing as the score for The Godfather or even the original songs for Scarface, I've never uh, been able to find like a soundtrack of Scarface. Like that doesn't exist. But huh. for Godfather, you can buy the separate soundtracks for all three, which are just kind of the same score essentially with a couple yeah. of different changes here and there but those are also things I, I need to mention also Michael Giacano I think mm. uh, from uh, Fringe he did Fringe and, yeah. then, and then didn't he do Lost he did as Lost well? too and his, uh, uh, his, his theme his theme for uh, John Locke and Lost is one of the best pieces of music now that piece of music I can listen to it outside of the show and not have to see the show because it's just yeah. so good those are those little magical moments where you're waiting to hear something that's just transcendent of whatever it's being seen in but that's funny about the 80s ones they're inextricable i mean they they have to be married together you know although i know a lot of people that are 80s music fans including myself you know it's great to just make this hundred song playlist of all those songs play it and you can't not hear you know the song from i can't think of the name of the song right now from breakfast club and not see judd nelson pumping his fist in the sky yeah yeah, don't you forget about there you go simple minds simple minds thank you yeah so you know stuff like that that's pretty pretty and, awesome and it's cool that I mean because the same way you think of those movies you think of 
where you were as a kid watching those or you think of people that you know like you know like i hear like um i'll melt with you right and i think of yes. nick i think of the 80s i think of movies but then i think of nick because nick would always say oh i love that song you right. know it's crazy yeah. it's crazy how how those things are linked God, it's great music man do you guys not just out of curiosity do you guys listen to music in the bathroom uh, on the laptop. If I'm watching like a music video, I don't listen to music like with headphones or anything. No, me neither. But I will like on my phone now that I've got the, uh, I've got like a Pandora or like a Sirius XM app on my phone. Oh yeah. Every now and then, like if I'm if I'm not rushed, I'll put on uh, a station or a music playlist or something like random, and then I'll just set it like you know before getting to the shower and stuff like that. But Usually it's just to kill the dead silence of the shower water or something, but that's the only place that I don't play music anywhere. <laughs> is there else. is there like a is there a, a put put music station on Pandora? If like you know something to ease the bowels, just drop a deuce. If there's so any, there should be if right. If there's anyone that's gonna find it, Rick, yeah. I know it's gonna be uh, yeah, you. It's probably be. called like the Brown Note Station. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that seems appropriate. Oh, just a quick bathroom tip. If anybody, if you have if you're having a hard time going because you're all stopped up. Sit on a bass amp and just play, and that will just rock all of Gross. your. Junk. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, no, but it works. And it I've works. heard a lot of so bad you've things. Tried it? Yeah. Before what? The, yes. Before the show even started, no, no, I heard some terrible things, and you're That's yes. worse. somehow going beyond that. You've yeah. actually a bass sat amp? on a bass amp and played, and played your, it and your then, bowels but out, but not not for that purpose. Like I sat on the bass amp to play, and just because that's where I was wanting to sit, I had nowhere else to sit, and then I'm like, hmm. pooped. I have to go to the bathroom now. So some people say but like, I correlated, like, like it was a correlation that eventually, like I tested it and went through theories. And so you the, tried it the multiple times. Method, yes. So some people say like, I'm gonna rock my balls off, and Mario's like, I'm gonna rock my bowels, bowels out. off. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get the rumble on. So something that everybody's like, I'm totally yeah, like I cross lines, whatever. So my topic, of course, is what guys do in the bathroom, and we were talking about music, and yeah, I listen to music in the bathroom. I think we're all. We're <laughs> do you all, wear headphones? That would be weird. No, I don't wear headphones. Okay. No, that's. Do you take baths weird. or showers? Let's start with. That. <laughs> I take showers. Okay. Yeah, now, I don't take baths. When you I don't listen to music during a shower either. When you talked about this, I sing this a topic. Well, everybody does that. <laughs> and, but but um, when you were saying this this topic, you brought it up earlier. I didn't even dare to ask until we actually had to talk about it. Were you meaning just all bathroom things, or were you meaning just on the can? No, just you, think, like think like for example, you know, I know both of you have like books and magazines in the restroom. Right. I don't have any room for books and magazines. Mike has guns in his bathroom. I saw a shotgun in the corner. What? <laughs> I'm gonna no. have to go take a look. Really <laughs> no, but like pelts on the walls. But like, yeah, like every every guy has had. That's a tapestry. <laughs> every guy like back in the day, every guy had books or magazines in the bathroom. Now, I mean. Are you guys? Do you guys like? I'll admit that I take the iPad into the bathroom. I'll be on my phone in the bathroom. I do some of my best thinking in the bathroom. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of guys, though. right? Yeah, I'll tell you the the. Rick, you I, write movies while you're cooking it up, right? I do a lot of stuff. That's where I get most of my work done, honestly. Because I, I I do you spend take. A lot of time in there. I I spend a lot of time. I take a lot of time. I take my time. I ruminate. I think. I ponder. I philosophize. Even, even after Mike's advice, from what he had found out about no, no. But the thing is that people always toilet. say that, but they always say like you get you get hemorrhoids or you get this and that. The thing is that's when you're pushing. That's when you're constantly doing something. Yeah. So the thing is, I'm done in the first five minutes. It's just the fact that I'm I'm stationary. I'm alone. It's quiet. No one's gonna knock on the door. But why no not? Why in. not finish up? You know, get your 
get your pants back on mm-hmm. and just sit on the lid. Oh, Why? I do that. I do that too. I put the put the towel on there. You sit. Wait, on the so lid. you've always given us this vision. No, sometimes I get oh. the club foot. <laughs> Don't oh, get me wrong. Okay. <laughs> Where it feels like your foot's made out of like a redwood tree and yeah. you're dragging it along the, the bathroom floor. That happens. And that's usually when I go, okay, I should put the lid down and fold up a towel and then get back to reading. Why not go sit on your nice leather couch? Because it's sink into the it. The thing is, and this is where it gets mixed up now, because I used to do all my reading on the toilet. I would okay. read books. That's where I did all my reading because it's the one place that you did zero distractions. It's like poop, pee, read. You know, it's very simple. It's very natural. Okay. Now, if on my couch, the phone's there, the TV's there, the computer's there, the animals are around. So you just need a special room to keep you. Yeah, away you from need everything. you see like a sensory deprivation room, and that's the bathroom is about as close as I can get right now. So, Mike, I I really I see the books and magazines. And well, stuff. I mean, you should go back in there because I, are they are they gone? Well, yeah, because what I've come to realize the is the pages are all dirty. Nothing, nothing gets done. I don't, Twitter. I don't read, and I don't want to be in there at all. Like I've just come to the realization that I would put that stuff in there more as kind of a courtesy for other people that like to do that. Then I came to realize if that's what's happening, I don't really want to read through those pages. <laughs> See, now, to me so. that's weird because like every time I've gone into your bathroom, there's always been like Rolling Stone, and right. I'm and I'm going and I'm like, oh, there's a Rolling Stone, and I'm like, Mike took a dump while he was reading that. I'm not gonna take See, it I, up I and read it too. I wouldn't touch somebody else's books and magazines in their bathroom. If which, I were to which go. Is so to me, to me is, is like, far less egregious like than taking technology like an iPad that's got like a microphone and a and a you know stuff where. <laughs> Aerial bacteria can set up. I mean, cause, but that's in. the truth. I mean, like they say, like you're supposed to flush the toilet with the seat down because if yeah. you don't, you're getting like airborne feces. Well, you're dust. still getting it anyway. You're getting poop dust in your you're lungs. You're lowering your chances, but air- <laughs> no, no, like, <laughs> you're getting it anyway. You, you are. I mean, but yes, put the seat down. It's all in your flush. mustache right now. I can see it. You got, You've got pup- a mustache you got too. poop particles in your mustache. <laughs> No, like, but te- like technically, the whole idea of particleization. We'll, t- we'll we'll talk about that for a second. If you breathe it, you've tasted it, you've ingested it. It is now a part of you molecularly. Okay. Right. Okay. Do we agree on that? Sure. No, that's horrible. No, I but that's think true. About that. But but if that's you the case, but if that's that. the case, what's no, wrong? With, what's wrong with picking up? What's wrong with picking up someone else's magazine if you just admitted that no matter what you've got poop that's in your true. lungs? That's true. That's true. But to me, it's just kind of I don't know. It's just kind so of. So there's the black lung and there's the brown lung. That's what you're saying. I would say somebody's magazines or whatever stuff they have in their bathroom is completely fair game until you come across a dirty page. Until then, you just assume it's always <laughs> no, no, you, good to What go. you got to worry about is the torn page, like the missing pages. <laughs> That's just somebody who wants your recipe the, really the, bad from the your The cardboard house. roll and the missing pages. See, the missing it's pages evidence. I'm not worried about. It's the pages that are stuck oh, together. See, that's, that's the that's, problem. That's but those the days are gone. Those days are gone. I, I think the biggest thing is just there's too many, you know, everything's bad for everything. But one yeah. of the things that you start to see is like even if you're just sitting in that position for men in their 30s on up, it's just bad for the prostate to just be in that position. Whether you are <laughs> literally that, is just – Is that because of the spreadage? Is that I think is that that's part of it. I think you're just putting a stress, especially if you're overweight, which unless I'm wrong, all three of us are. Oh, yeah. We're. Happily. But um, that that's an added <laughs> – Shout out that's to all the added, uh, Yeah. That's an added stress – on your system, so that that, that way that need. people out there listening can imagine three overweight guys sitting <laughs> on toilets having their prostates slowly descending. <laughs> that's so what we're talking that's about. The that's visual, that's, that's where we went. Visual. The pink well, we'll, sock. We're across the line. Oh god! <laughs> I want everyone to remember this was Mario's topic, and he Mario's topic. Like I said, four I cross hand. lines. It's all right. I cross lines. So things so people do in the bathroom. Reading. Or, 
Yeah, talking on the do. phone. I do talk on the phone. I don't talk on the like that. You've talked nuts. to me on the phone. Oh, I've been I, talking to you for twenty years on the freaking yeah. phone. <laughs> we don't know. We, we don't know that you're taking a the note. echo. We got it. Usually, we don't know you're dropping a yeah. deuce when we're on the phone. Until you're like, oh, hold on a second, yeah. I have to wash my hands. I'm like, you know how you know you know how you know if Rick's on, on the bathroom if you're talking to him on the phone because he's on the phone. That's it. I don't have time to talk. That's how you know. I don't talk on the phone very often. I don't. I don't. I try not to, but. I definitely don't take the phone into the bathroom for stuff like that. I definitely don't yeah. take technology in the bathroom. So you don't check your email, you don't text no. nothing. So yeah, it's just I, you, because but I you're just, in and out though. You're I, the I particle am. is so that, done. No, I don't care about the particle. He's I just don't want to be in there. Man. Okay, Not even that's that. Right, that's right. That, that's the, a byproduct. He's saving the kiwi. That's a byproduct. I just don't want to be in there. I so just, so if if you could eliminate the idea of elimination altogether. Yeah, humans. I'd be fine with the Stewie oh, Griffin sending it to another planet. Like, oh, I'd be fine. Happens, if, if I didn't have just, to go, yeah. I wouldn't go either. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't think anybody enjoys. If I going. add up the time and day that it takes, that's that's a good two and a half hours I could but get back and do something our, productive. You remember our discussion about fifteen years ago about the the four greatest physical feelings on planet oh, yeah. Earth, yeah. and you said pooping was one of the four. Yeah, absolutely. So well, you'd be depriving yourself. You know of, what number one is, or the number one is. The next one is. Taking the piss after you've been holding it for right. a super long yeah. time, but that's it, relief it, pleasure. That's relief pleasure. It's not, all relief. We're talking about the four best physical feelings that you can experience in the human body. Okay. So sneezing is absolutely one of the best physical sneezing. feelings. Yeah, but doesn't it always feel great when no. it's gotten when you get rid of it? Because it, it, like when, when you're, you're stuck out? and you're like, ah, 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 and the the climax of it is the I bomb. Don't, I, I, it has a climatic. You know, yeah. uh, property too. And you know why? Because, and the reason why you can tell is that a lot of times, I mean, this maybe is just me because I sneeze really passionately, is I'll sneeze and I'll fart at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically two out of four. So I'm not saying I'd ever want to try it, but if somehow you could pull so off the front all the four, <laughs> if you could pull off all four right? at the same time, wow. you would probably die, first of all. But it would be like a moment of complete bliss. <laughs> wow. It would be transcendent, it would be nirvana. Mario, you gotta let this particleization stuff go. Like everything's in the air. Yeah, no, that's true. Somewhere, that's true. somewhere, you've already ingested Chernobyl's yeah hydrogen, <laughs> that's true. oxygenation, <laughs> nuclear fission crap. So oh, man. just okay, let so, let it go. So I don't talk in the bathroom. Do you, like it drives me nuts when I hear people in public talking on the phone in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Rick, do you talk on the phone in public in the bathroom? Uh, I don't go in public. Oh, that's right. At all? Wait, you 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 go to the urinal. Yeah, I don't. But you don't drop I don't, a deuce I don't in go number two in public ever. If I can, unless I can't avoid it, and I'm sure you know what I mean. And when he when he can't help it, he just goes in the car because that's cleaner than the public. <laughs> I use one of those airplane sick bags. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't go. I don't poop in. Rick public. is a closet germaphobe because yeah, when no. we when we found out about ten years ago that he takes a shower after every single yeah. number See, two, that, that blew my mind. That's a misconception. People <laughs> always hilarious. like, oh, you poop a lot, so you must love poop. I'm like, no. My nightmare is like when the toilet paper tears. That's the nightmare. <laughs> but dude, like, but then you've got like three books in your bathroom about poop. Yeah, but it's funny. But it's like it's like when you embrace your fears, man. It's like you embrace the oh, idea okay. of you're trying to flood yourself with it. Yeah, to... it's like I imagine little smiley face poops instead of like some dark, spiked, oh, speckled, tentacled thing. It might actually be. I'm definitely not appreciative of being in the bathroom in a work environment and somebody a coworker, else no, a coworker or somebody goes in there looking for you and they try to talk to you and you just you <laughs> try to stay silent. You try to stay dead silent. Like, hey, hey, man, Michael, <laughs> you there? Oh my god! Silence. They grab my, your shoe. Oh, you there? Yeah. You there? And I'm like, shoe. I'm like, what's up? 
Like it's just so yeah. like I'm really trying not to have this conversation right now. Oh, I just, hate that. You know, I've never had when you just start crying. Me, that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> or making some really bad <laughs> like, strain sounds. Oh god! Call somebody! <laughs> Call somebody! Oh, no. It's bleeding. It's on fire. Shoe <laughs> it's burning. It's on fire. I, I, I've never had anybody uh, look for the me. Seam. But but what's what's worse is when you're at the urinal. And somebody passes behind you, and they're like, "Oh, hey, dude, what's up?" I'm like, I don't, I'm not here to start a it conversation. Stops you, does it stop your stream? Yes. Are you uh, Tyler, uh, no, not, not Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Durden? I cannot go when you look. No, no, not incredibly, but like, it's just, it's just disturbing. Like, I'm here to eliminate. I'm here to get rid of this, and eliminate. I don't need you. Yes. You should be so, how do, you, how do you, how do you guys feel about like when you're at a like usually like a concert or a sporting event somewhere where there's like a zillion people in these giant bathrooms? And there's like. You know, like a I'm row of like band. fifteen urinals, and never fails. You're the only one. You go, you pick just a random urinal, and somebody will always stand right next to you. They won't give oh, you the space of a nice. urinal or two urinals. They'll give you. They'll, they'll, I've they'll honestly, close to the I don't think them. I've ever dealt with that. It's happened. I really? key them. It's happened. <laughs> you key their penis. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Just making a reference to episode one. That's it. Go back and listen to episode one. Mario and Phil Keys. 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 Keyness. No, but but <laughs> but one, once in a while I do catch myself um, at sporting events. It hasn't happened, but at so the uh, at, at the Majestic Theater, <laughs> I couldn't go because it was too crowded. There was the line of people waiting. Oh I knew in the back of my head there was like fifty people waiting on me, so I was like, oh, nothing's coming out, but I know I gotta go and. That was just one of those things where you had to start tricking yourself into like something psychological to relax about it. I just oh, kept God. thinking they're waiting. They now they know it's been forever. So <laughs> you try to you try to fake it like you're just a badass who has to go yeah. for two hours like Tom Hanks nope. in uh, League of Their Own. But. So do you worry about that kind of stuff when you're uh, watching sports in San Antonio, like watching the Spurs, or like have, do you have that issue when you go to like the dome or whatever? No, I don't. I don't have that. No, that's what I'm saying. In sporting events, it's never it's never happened. But usually because you're usually drinking something alcoholic, so it can't be helped. But you see that video? There's a video of a soccer match, like in Europe. That this lady pees in her like she's in her seat, like in the stadium, and she guess she she's drunk and she can't make it. Oh no! So she like p- pulls her pants down and just starts peeing right there, oh, like God. hiding behind the little wall. But these guys behind her were like obviously saw it and like filming her and she's like Ugh. <laughs> you know and it's like it's just I mean I can't remember where I saw it this isn't like a, it's like on a news website this isn't like Gawker or something this isn't wow. like some perverted thing it was gross but you're pretty gross man you watch some nasty stuff no no no, no, no. this is awful this no 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 <laughs> so anyways um, so I think that's I think we've covered everything we wrapped up poop. good in in the men's did we did we men's wipe room. up all the poop <laughs> we could do for this episode we wiped up all it's 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 put this one in a doggy bag and move on to the next scene <laughs> let's go ahead and flush this stuff so, <laughs> oh, I, I washed my hands clean of this I just realized we didn't do the let's get it on in the beginning did we did you no we'll go back and we'll edit that in but so, now they'll know that now they'll you know. did that uh, that's alright I like transparency we're good <laughs> So then, Mike, that it's would that would bring us to your topic. Then uh, San Antonio reaching its. Ca- I, w- I was trying to help blend that into it by bringing up sports that was your again. Segue. But I, I sensed it, but it just. I, I saw you connect with it, and then it just. It was like it's like it was like a constipated segue. It was, wouldn't quite it was, wouldn't it quite was, happen. It was forced. No, I was thinking. Sorry. I was just thinking about you know because um, 
you know, you're into the, the local music with the, the 210 stuff and all mm-hmm. that, which I think it's amazing, all the stuff you do and the time you put into that. And so the thing I was asking myself is, you know... Is it for, worth for, it? For, well, no, not only that, not only that, but, you know, that's for you to decide. You do what makes you happy. It's I, for you we, and your maker to decide you know, in 50 years, was it worth it? You'll, you'll look back on your life and that'll be part of your tombstone. <laughs> Mario 210, Zamorak. But anyway, um, I wonder, like, do we actually have, and I'll start by this, do we have a legitimate musical um, act out of San Antonio that has, quote unquote, made it? That is the the term that that qualifies in the bracket of made it. So first off, what's made it? What do we consider made it? I mean, sold a million copies. Do do we consider One Hit Wonders having made it? Uh, you mean like the Butthole Surfers, who are from San Antonio? Yeah, but not not a one hit wonder. I mean, you had so like say like the Come On Eileen guys, if they were from San Antonio, you'd say they made it. Dexies, they're they're millionaires. Midnight Runners. Yeah, like they, they're millionaires. Yeah. They're still yeah. making money. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you could easily say that. So successful as far as being famous, or successful as far as making money. So any of that works, right? Right. On the umbrella. I okay. would say that that's the bare minimum. Okay. I mean, it's not ideal, but that's that's something. Okay. Have we had that? Um, I, I'm sure we've been close. Maybe Actually, Butthole Surfers is as close as we've gotten. Yeah, but but down when they were ever mainstream, no, no, by no any that's stretch. true. But I mean, I, I think, I think, to me, part of that counts with Beavis and Butthead. I mean, they made it on there. I mean, that's pretty big. True. What what song was theirs? Was oh, hell show? if I know. I think it was some like thirty second little snippet of a video where. Oh, it was it like was just the Beavis sing yeah, 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 or whatever. I know what you were talking about. But other than that, I'd say "Girl in the Coma" is the closest because they got into the Robert Rodriguez soundtrack for Machete. They yeah. wrote a song for that. I mean, yeah. I, so I guess so there's like lots of subsets with this. Is it like so? Are we considering people that are native San Antonians or people that came through or people that were transplants? To me, to me, it only matters as to what they claim when they did it. Because, for example, two of the girls from Girl in a Coma are from San Antonio. One isn't, mm-hmm. uh, but she's lived here most of her life anyway. Mm-hmm. At least I think so. And but she claims San Antonio as her home. And there's other bands that have garnered local fame where they are from, and then they moved here. Yeah. And they're still they've still got that following. Uh, March Divide is a great example. He was from another state, and now he came here, and he's still doing really well. Um, but that's the thing is that. Oh, Most wait. of them haven't reached that, uh, see, that I, level. Yeah, because I guess, I mean, like I said, we're talking semantics, but I mean, I think if we're talking about, like, the greater San Antonio area, I, mean, I think yeah. you have to easily say, like, George Strait. I mean, he's from Pearsall, but that's... Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, I he mean, lives in San Antonio. He's lived here for a long time. George Strait is right. probably... I mean, I'm sure he still holds, like, a zillion records oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. whatnot. Sure. And so. I gotta say, I'm totally guilty of, of forgetting that. Yeah. Like, I don't um, I don't think outside of the genre, I guess. No, I, I, and I think you have to... And, like, like, when we're talking about soundtracks and stuff i think it's the same thing it's like i mean this is probably speaking to your point that you'll get to more is that you know the bygone time of 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 true lasting artists and stuff like that as opposed to just one hit wonders or people that kind of pop up and Mm -hmm. flame up real quick and kind of disappear is you know you look and you look at like the the tejano scene here or like the old country scene i mean you have like the doug sams and uh flaco jimenez and all these people who are by and large known all over the the country if not the world and you know i mean i can say i don't 
listen to a lot of that music, so it's right. out of my, you know, out of my peripheral. But definitely, I'm sure there's a million other people out there screaming, saying, "Oh, what about so and so and so and so?" Oh yeah, definitely. So, so, so is it mandatory that let's say there's a band in San Antonio and they're capable of being a legitimate, long-standing, recognized band, like a band like Pearl Jam? The majority okay. of yeah. music fans know yeah. who they are. You yeah. know, even if they don't know their music, you know, people at least know. Pearl Jam, they know who Eddie Vedder is. They know things like that. It's just, will will San Antonio ever get, not not even as big or successful as them, just that, the, uh, a musical act, whether it's rock music or, or something. Well, you know what? Actually, I'll keep it in that genre. Okay. Let's say, let's say, in, yeah. yeah, let's just say okay. in indie rock, Fair regular enough. rock, you know, um, will we see, and whatever that means, I don't even know what that genre is anymore, but will we ever see that come out of the city? Because now it's sort of the cool thing. It's like, well, if there's this really great up-and-coming band that they're from here, they've lived their, here their whole lives, now they're thinking, well, let's base ourselves out of Austin or let's base ourselves out of Los Angeles. Let's move to Los yeah. Angeles. And then on the liner notes of our first CD or our website, it's going to say, you know, they're from this city, from this city, but based out of Los Angeles. And that's how mm-hmm. they get introduced. That's how they get known. And yeah. when they go on late night with, on Conan, you know, he's going to say, from Los Angeles, it's so-and-so, but yeah. they're from here. And so... Well, think about Robert Rodriguez as being the prime example for filmmakers. I mean, I, I hate to say it, he did a huge disservice to San Antonio filmmakers because he's from San Antonio. He went to school here. He went to right. Catholic school and in high school. I think he went to Marshall. And St. Anthony's, bro. And also St. Anthony's. He graduated from there. Yeah, yeah but I, th- but, well, I know somebody that knew him at Marshall too, so I don't know how that. They lied works. to you. <laughs> they Maybe lied they to you. did. Maybe they did. I'm gonna call out. Was, that was Roberto Rodriguez. <laughs> he did. He did go <laughs> to St. Anthony. Yeah, but yeah. see, but here you go. He grew up here, right? Right. But he didn't get famous here. He moved to Austin and got famous. But so, he also went to college in Austin. True. He went to UT, so that's. Yeah. True, but I mean, still, like, I don't know. To me. And maybe this is this is said with a little bit of anger and frustration in it for the local music scene, the local entertainment scene, is even then still call some attention back home. Yeah, you know. No, I think you're right, but this you know speaks to the larger issue that we kind of get into with music was is chicken and the egg stuff. It's like you have to have talent. Talent has to exist. It has to be nurtured. But at the same time, you have to have the infrastructure for talent. Yeah. To to nurture the talent to support it. And I mean I, and I'm not. You know, by any means, the hugest fan of Robert Rodriguez, or an apologist for him. But I mean, he went he went to school at UT, and then you know, obviously crossed paths with Linklater and some mm-hmm. of these other guys. And so there was there was a structure for it because you have guys that kind of came up at the same time. They kind of had that you know that persona of like the you know like the rebel days of like Miramax and Dimension Films and stuff like that. So you had these guys all came up, Kevin Smith, these like low budget guys yeah. who suddenly because they were all kind of hot at the same time suddenly found themselves with a lot of currency with the bigger studios because one you know they can make quality films but they can make them for so cheap that they were you know almost automatically going to make a profit so that infrastructure was created you know back in the early 90s you know with you know when El Mariachi got big, you know, in the and um, was it Slacker and all all those movies that were coming out right around the same time. So you know they they built those studios there and all that. So again, that's what I'm speaking to is that infrastructure there because you have an industry for it. You have, you know, uh, well, all, all I'm saying is that he could have hauled her back to San Antonio and then we might have that infrastructure. But here. I I would say it's less incumbent upon you know a filmmaker or or someone like that to have a specific city they're based out of like. I can assume Michael Bay and Spielberg live in Los Angeles or California or somewhere around there, but for all I know, they don't. 
that it yeah. doesn't really matter with with people like that because again true. there's not really a scene for filmmakers usually yeah, if you want to make movies today it's either go to film school or you know buy an iPhone and you know import your movies into iMovie and get yourself on YouTube and then start moving yourself in that direction or whatever yeah. i mean that that kind of stuff there isn't really though a, a scene it's kind of like i would assume just on a blanketly uneducated opinion i would say maybe for every aspiring filmmaker there's 50 aspiring musicians in any given city you know yeah. and so you're going to see a collective scene of people that want to be in bands more than you're going to see a collection of people that want to be filmmakers yeah. or, or actors you know yeah. um yeah. stuff well maybe actors you'd see a lot more but at least filmmakers you yeah. know just spit sticking to that so my question just about you know a city like san antonio in texas you know is this city has it reached its you know its no. plateau no. as far as that kind of stuff goes because no. just because we haven't seen it really happen yet you know on the musical level you know i wonder will that ever happen where you know, because yeah, I, I think Girl and Come is a great band. You know, they they really do an amazing job with what and and they're they're what you call uh, the the workhorse band. They're constantly playing, they're touring, mm -hmm. they take very short breaks, and they continue to push themselves out there the way you're supposed to. And our city should support them right, more. They absolutely. should get because that's always the first key to to breaking. You know, if you're not going to have someone scoop you up and sponsor you into a band that's going to be known um the other way is to be able to prove to the larger a and r guys or whatever that you've got your city behind you and you've sold x number of cds and you can fill up yeah. this many venues in your own town if you can't do that then you know they're not going to really push you much further yeah. and i would just i really would love to wonder will we will we get that whether it's from that band or another band you know that that can do that i think that i think that we're the one thing about San Antonio that drives me nuts is that everybody says we're like, what, five to ten years behind everybody else. And I agree. I think where we're suffering, for the most part, is a lack of a medium-sized venue that's decent, that will draw crowds. Some of that stuff's starting to happen. I know Sam's Burger Joint uh, bought out uh, the Aztec. So we're going to start seeing stuff happen at the Aztec. That's great. Well, that's one place. Okay. Compared to other places like Austin yeah. that have tons of places. So that's that's first and foremost. Terrestrial radio is killing us. I really yes. think too. Terrestrial radio stations here in this specific city. Yes. Anytime I travel in the United States anywhere, the radio is leagues better. Even even just on a very low bland level, it's leagues better yeah. than what we have. And I've heard from people that are like from out of town, from different states, say, "Oh, I knew I got to Texas or San Antonio area as soon as I started hearing Nickelback on the radio." It's like, yeah, that's true. Right. That's horrible. I mean, okay, KISS has KISS tracks where they play local bands for a little while, like an hour or night or something. I don't even know anymore. And then you've got all these college stations that are trying their hardest, KRTU, uh, uh, the one out of SAC. I can't believe I forgot their name. Sorry, guys. KSYM. KSYM, thank you. I mean, they're doing the best that they can, but they're they're limited. But, but that's but every they, city. They yeah. all have college radio. Right. You know, and something you brought up a lot, and you know, in your podcast too, it, you know, which is a completely valid thing, is I think the onus has to be on the artist, though. And like you said, at the yeah, end of the day, you can't you can't deny something that's good. I mean, you know, we could go up and down about the you know valid validity of of pop music and and how it long how long it lasts and all that stuff. But the thing is, there are certain songs that you, 
hate him or not, you can't deny that it's a catchy song. You know, that that yeah. that freaking what's that song? That happy song. You know, of, uh, who sings that? Uh, Pharrell, right? It's one of those songs. Like I didn't really hadn't been on my radar until I saw the Oscars, and now I I notice it now because I've heard it. It's on like every radio station. It's on like commercials mm. and stuff, and it's it's a catchy freaking song. Now it's not my cup of tea. I, I don't wouldn't buy it. Yeah. But it's ubiquitous. Like, it's everywhere. I yeah. hear it. And it's like, you can't really deny, like, well, there's something about it. I mean, the dude's making millions. Uh, sort of you know, little kids like it. Grandmas like it. You yeah. know? And, and that's the thing is, like, and I'm not saying that's what you should aim for as an artist. I'm saying there's certain things you can't deny. You know, when, when you know, going back to, like, Nirvana or something like that where you kind of have somebody who just happens to be, come along at the right moment and becomes a flagship for other, for an entire you know genre or whatever you want to call it but it's kind of undeniable i mean you listen to you know and specifically talking about like never mind you know mm-hmm. which, which is what really kind of launched yeah, them broken. into public consciousness i mean you listen to a song like drain you right and despite the lyrics i mean it's an absolute pop song it's just this beautiful melodic pop song but yeah it's got you know some like jazzed up you know distortion and whatever but it's still a, a, like a pop song you know, a song like Polly or whatever, you know, like they're just great songs where if you put those words and that melody into someone else's mouth, it would still be a great song. You yeah. know, like we were talking about earlier about like the songs that Manson covers or whatever, you know, yeah. it's the same thing. So going back to your point, I mean, I think that's that's the question. And maybe I know I realize it's kind of we can't answer it because we're not those well, people. And but. the whole point of why I'm asking that, the whole reason why is if we had that happen where we had just this one band that brings the city a little bit of light mm. because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter where anybody's from like I think of if you subtract Seattle Los Angeles and New York City as origin cities and Austin there's so many great yeah. bands we don't really know where they're from I really couldn't even tell you you know where a lot of bands are based out of or where even they're from I really don't know it's yeah, just not yeah, part true. of the biographies I'm, I'm aware of yeah. if you subtract those major yeah. cities the reason is I really believe that if we at least had one at least in whatever you want to call modern rock music or indie rock, whatever, however you want to classify that genre of stuff that we that we like, if we at least had one to kind of take that or start start the torch and light one for the first time, be the flagship. It yeah. would really improve a lot of the quality yeah. of up and coming music that we have now because I really see a reflection in the sound of local bands reflecting a lot of what is available to us through the masses of distribution and radio and stuff like that. You know, yeah. like, well, we don't have, like, Nickelback and Stained and Limp Bizkit cover bands, because that's... It, I hardly ever hear terrestrial radio anymore, just because, you know, um, I'm able to have, you know, satellite, which is really neat exposure to a lot of unknown music. I really do appreciate that, and that expense is worth it to me just to avoid hearing that stuff on local radio. I just, yeah. I can't take it. If music is one of the most important things to me, I'm definitely going to make sure that I'm not hearing crap. And I don't really have an avenue of how to hear new stuff. We still, in a, in a large way, are dependent on radio stations showing us what's out there, unless you have a specific outlet, a specific, like you were telling mm-hmm. me earlier, about this podcast that talks about new bands or mm-hmm. this website that crawls, you know, different up-and-comers. If you don't or have that... Or 210 Local Music Podcast. Exactly. Or wait, yeah. Local Media Podcast. Well, They're like, rebranded. If you don't have, but if you don't have that, you know, you still need the, the yeah. culture of your city to sort of galvanize itself into finding some general identity which i don't think we i don't i don't know if we have it yet i would love to see it we don't have it yet it's because of the lack of support and 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 the lack of a lot of different things what we were talking about earlier i think we're 
almost there. I think there's, I don't know. It's it's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some shout outs to some bands that I think are at the forefront. But out of those, which ones are actually going to be the ones that break it? I don't know. But you've got Girl in a Coma out there working hard. You've got Pinata Protest that's been touring for yeah. the last year yeah. and a half, two years straight. That they've been tearing it up. You've got uh, the Hydra Melody, which is really, really you know making some major moves for themselves and for San Antonio. Although they're also one of those bands that I really worry about that they're going to move to Austin and that we're going to lose them and that they're that's when they're going to hit it. You've got other bands that that work really hard. The Heroin Band who they appeal to a certain type of crowd, but they're also really famous within that group, and they tour locally and regionally, and, I mean, I don't know, we're, I feel well, like we're there. I, I feel I think, like we're almost there. I think two of the things that are significant, and, and, and again, that's not putting the blame on San Antonio as a city or the talent or anything like that. It, it's just, it's kind of simple, like, you know, um, you know, societal things, cultural things, economic things, which is, you know, two things. <laughs> two things is that you have you know you really la is kind of you know for whatever austin's live music capital blah 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 but la is the recording capital of the you know his music as far as anyone knows that's where yeah. you people go i mean there you know there's people say they're you know they're, they're bands from la but they're not no one's from la you know people move there to become famous to become movie stars or exactly. musicians or you know because that's where the recording companies are that's where all these venues are that a and r guys hang out at or whatever yeah so that that's that's something you're always in contention with i mean no one's gonna go say well let's go to you know cleveland because that's where the scene is you know let's go to you know El Paso that's where the scene is that's not it's like if you want to make it big in movies you know as far as you know if the popular mainstream thought is you go to LA if you want to make it in you want to get a recording contract you go to LA yeah you know if you want to be in theater if you want to be in art you want to be in publishing go to New York you know that and that's the thing so it's like one you have those two coasts that you're fighting against and the other thing is just is just the reality of of urban life which San Antonio the way it was built was not built as an urban city yeah. And that's a big part is you look at L.A. I mean, not L.A. You look at Chicago or you look at Boston. You look at New York. And these are urban cities where they they have dense, dense inner cores where you have different economic groups, different cultural groups, different ethnic groups coming together. And that's where you have the real, you know, amalgamation of, of art and mm-hmm. all these things together. Now, we're working backwards. I think yeah. that's kind of the part is like we're a suburban city by nature. We're running away from the center where we've – for you know for 50 years we've been trying to hide from you know yeah. different ethnic groups you know sectioning each other off whether for economic reasons or whatever now slowly you know we're becoming we're working back towards the idea of becoming an urban urban center trying to get people downtown getting them involved in the arts yeah. and i think that's going to be the catalyst for this oh, yeah, because definitely. you know that's when you see people new ideas coming up because then you go yeah there is more music out there other than you know, whatever's on the freaking radio, Nickelback or Black Eyed Peas or whatever, there's yeah. this type of music and that type of music. And yeah, you might hear a jazz musician and you might hear a heavy metal guy. Maybe you don't want to do one or the other, but you go, you know what? I'm going to make jazz metal. That's probably some genre some person yeah. made up, but that might be your thing. And that might be the thing that pushes it over the edge. I mean, because mm-hmm. you even expand on, on the area we're talking about. I mean, look at Texas. Texas, as big as it is, as populous as it is, who are the biggest bands that really that have ever come out of Texas? Like honestly, like again, we'll stick to rock music and kind of popular music. I mean, and I'm asking, no. it's not rhetorical. Like who, who, like the Toadies? 
and yeah. that's and you know and they're a touring band they're yeah. probably on the national and global level more of a one hit wonder to some degree right yeah. you know everybody in the country has heard Possum Kingdom probably hears it every single day at the radio station but they're by no means a Nirvana or a Pearl right. Jam or one of these other they bands they work hard to stay where they're at you know I mean who who else did you can think of off the top of your head you know at the drive-in for a very brief amount of time yeah there's not even Austin bands for everything that Austin gets all the accolades Name me an Austin band that's famous. It's from Austin. Right. I have no clue. You well, know, that, that's the thing. I think Austin gets you know, kind of crap You had, too. like, back, like, in the mid-90s, you had, like, Seed. Do you remember Seed? Yeah. They were vaguely. on MTV. They had a song, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you had, like, uh, You'll Know Us by the Trail of Dead. They were one of those bands that was kind of on the coattails of At the Drive-In. You know, I'm sure I'm wrong about that, but it felt like it. But where are they now? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the thing is, like, as even as a state because again we're not an urban state you have el paso over here houston over here dallas over here san antonio down here and that's mm-hmm. it and we're all separated by you know 250 to 500 miles yeah you know so i don't know no that's a good point well i know we didn't really get to cover the, the sports aspect that no, you wanted to talk I, about i think we can i think we can come back you know as far as just covering the idea of um, us having one professional sport yeah team here and see well, that'll if, be a teaser we need some you know, football see see if we can get a, a, f- a football a football team here if it's even a feasible option and you know uh, i gotta say i'm so out of the loop on sports though when i heard about the scorpions i was like man a lot of people are making a big deal about this little league soccer team what's going on <laughs> i didn't i had no clue because it was people nice. that looked like they were soccer parents and nice. i was a little confused so i may not have a lot to de- to dedicate to that but uh we'll, we'll get you in expand we'll get you your in. horizons open <laughs> open your mind well, we're at a, sitting at an hour right now, and uh, we're going to try to trim it down a little bit, guys. I know we've had some feedback about saying that we should make it closer to the 30 to 45. No. I don't think it's going to happen. I think no. I think an hour. It doesn't need to happen. You need to spend an hour with you us. You guys need just to – your run needs to be a little longer. Oh, there <laughs> you go. That's right. You need get to get a half marathon in there fit. instead of a 5K. Get fit, San Antonio. Yeah. All right, well – for now, at least for this episode, we're going to close out episode three. So thanks for helping us get it on, guys. You can visit us on our home on the web at www.itsaguythingpodcast.com, on Instagram and Facebook at It's a Guy Thing Podcast, and Twitter, It's a Guy Thing Pod. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and we'll be coming soon to many other podcatchers. Thanks for listening. We don't have any affiliate links or any sort of advertising set up for the It's a Guy Thing podcast just yet. However, as members of the 210 Podcast Network, we'll just play their advertisements. This podcast episode is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day trial at www.210localmusic.com slash audible. We get a nice little bonus if you do, and you can cancel at any time. There are over 150,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPad, Kindle, Android, or MP3 player.